Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan, with a very interesting co-host. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not seeing Detective Pikachu. That's the idea. I can't even say Detective Pikachu like that's a real movie. Well, it was a game. It was a video game first. I know, but that doesn't mean it's a real movie. Come on. I'm not, no. If they can make the Lego movie work. The thing is, everybody plays with Legos. Legos are a creative toy. So I could see like the Lego movie could have gone anywhere. But Detective Pikachu is limited by definition. It just sounds like it's going to be whack, man. I don't know about that. Anyway. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm Brendan Spencer. I'm joined by Mel. Say what's up. Hi. I, I, I'm saying it now on Blurred Up. I don't want to see the Detective Pikachu movie. If I'm here for the review, it's because they made me. I'm just saying this to you now. <sighs> <laughs> so today we're here to talk about us mel where 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 are we going yeah i don't Who know are we? i don't know um, what is the show going thing? yeah <laughs> no uh actually our our captain marvel review our our last review is our most listened to so far Ooh, cool and we just hit 200 likes today as of oh, today wow so, hey yeah. so we really appreciate everyone for supporting us and showing us love out there yeah thank you guys but really though we're going to talk about Jordan Peele's sophomore film, Us. Mm-hmm. He may get out, so there's obviously a lot of high expectations and anticipation for this movie. And along with that amazing trailer and the cast, does this live up to the hype? First things first, if you haven't seen this movie, the best way to go into this movie is to not think about Get Out at all yeah i would i would agree with that mostly get out captured a cultural zeitgeist it was released Mm -hmm. what a month after trump was inaugurated into the presidency and instead of criticizing and making fun of conservative racism like every liberal was doing at that time it focused on liberal racism us is a completely different structure and focus similar to how Unbreakable was different from The Sixth Sense, or how The Prestige was different from Inception. That's a very good point. Yeah, definitely. It is kind of in that same vein, where Jordan Peele as a director really changes it up. Absolutely. But it's certainly more horror than Get Out. It is, yeah. I mean, the poster features Lupita holding these scissors. It's not like Mm -hmm. a man just sitting in the chair. Right. It is definitely a lot more violent just from the get-go isn't it yes Mm -hmm. i also think the ending will divide people more than get out which was more universally acclaimed i think because it answered nearly all the questions of the mystery whereas us is a little more open-ended it definitely is i think get out is a cleaner neater film i mean it was jordan peele's first big film well first film period so he had to wrap it up neatly in a bow so he could get this second film. But I think Us is much more of a work of art compared to Get Out. Mm. So Get Out is very much storytelling and metaphor. But Us is more throwing paint at the canvas and seeing what he can get out of it. Okay. I think. Okay. 
we'll definitely dig into that mm-hmm. a little later. So if you don't know how we do this, we're going to do a general review, non-spoiler, and then we're going to have a little bonus feature for you, yep. and then we're going to mm-hmm. dig into the spoilers after that. First, I want to talk about the production and the direction. So there are some similarities to Get Out. Yeah, definitely. So obviously there are plenty of metaphors here. There are. Some are easy or clear to understand, and I think others will require deeper examination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even more than Get Out. Oh yeah, definitely. Much more so. It's a lot more ambiguous. Yes. Mm-hmm. There is some humor that breaks up the scares and the drama when it's needed. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't distract from the movie or have a large tonal shift. Captain Marvel. <clears throat> <laughs> please don't get me started. Moving on. Okay, yes. Please. Okay. Yes, the humor actually adds to the story and the characters. It definitely does. Um, Jordan Peele he also uses references and homages to movies that he loves, just like in Get Out. Uh, in the trailer, his son wears a Jaws shirt, and there's definitely a scene that pays homage to that movie. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently there's. There's actually a couple, which we'll get into. I don't want to talk yeah. about them now, but... Right. Yeah, we'll get there. It, At, at least one of them mm-hmm. is not hard to catch if you're a fan. Mm-hmm. Every scene is meticulously shot and edited. Like, Very never so. a wasted mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, Jordan Peele is a fantastic director. He's got such a good eye for how to construct a scene. There's a lot of really ironically or perhaps unexpectedly really beautiful moments in this film Mm. where i mean something is happening but i'm busy admiring the lighting and the colors and the choice of viewpoint he's really really good at at creating a visual story absolutely i felt like i could have watched this film with no sound and still had a pretty good idea of what was happening Mm. like get out there are some scenes that foreshadow what's to come and i think that'll reward the audience upon a second viewing which I will be doing this Saturday with a bunch of uh, black folks. Shout out to brothers and sisters in South Korea. Whoop, whoop. Of South Korea. (laughs) The cast was incredible. Yes. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Nyong'o? Or Nyong? I don't know, actually. I think it's Nyong, but I've heard two different pronunciations. Lupita. Yes, Lupita. Is absolutely fucking amazing in this movie <laughs> she really is she's such a good actress and i'm so glad that we got a full-length feature film with her as the main character at last oh yes. my god i hope it's not the last i hope there's more do you think she should be nominated for something for this film maybe not but i hope whatever her next film is i hope she i hope it's the quality that will get her nominated for something well there's some there's some awards like the saturn awards i've heard yeah, true. Like, I think she mm-hmm. could. Yeah, true. Maybe a smaller award. I think overall the film itself doesn't lend itself to awards very well. Right, Plus that genre. Yeah, exactly. That genre. And then the release date, it's not really in that season. But what I hope she chooses her next project well because she really shows her chops as an actress this here. This was such a, I mean, she's already well known, but man, it's such a, was it? tour de force right yeah you know i was talking with a friend the other day and the issue with headlining black actresses is that they often don't have the opportunity to show much range i'm so glad she got that opportunity because she really shows such range as an actress and she's got this wonderful 
musicality to her voice that you see with a lot of older actors like maybe Anthony Hopkins those kind of guys uh, where you know you can listen to her the way she infuses the words that she says is so unique and it just really lends itself to storytelling in a way that I really love I really loved Lupita in this film there are just expressions that she makes simply with her eyes mm-hmm. and it sells mm-hmm. um, she had the most screen time as the mother and her dual role mm-hmm. read and these characters were very distinct I mean uh, was it called the tethered every tethered character is very distinct from their is that a spoiler? counterpart it's in the trailer okay never mind the, the, I haven't watched the trailer so I don't know no okay. no no the, mm-hmm. the family tethered is, is in the yeah. trailer okay Winston Duke repping uh, Howard on his sweater yeah definitely is no M'Baku here yeah he's he's really playing against type but I like it absolutely he, it, it's very unexpected <laughs> it's it's an impressive feat to make mm-hmm. a six foot five 250 pound man not feel intimidating at all to feel the exact opposite of intimidating and interestingly I I was reading some hotep anger about that really <laughs> The the emasculation of the black man. Oh, some brother. some BS like mm, that. Of course. Um the children were also great. Mm-hmm. Shahadi Wright Joseph played Zora, the daughter. hmm You know what she'll be in this year? No, what? She's gonna play uh young Nala in the Lion King. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Well, so that's, she, that's a good fit though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's She's cool. A rising star. Mm-hmm. And she had she had some excellent moments as the daughter and her tethered self. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Evan Alex plays the son Jason. Mm-hmm. He was in uh, Jim Carrey's Showtime series, Kidding. It oh, was, that's it's right, like he the, was, that, yeah. It's like satire of Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I've, I've watched most of the first season. Yeah. I really do mm-hmm. want to, I haven't watched it yet, but. It was quite good, actually, yeah. The trailer, was, I watched the trailer yeah, today. It looked, it looked really yeah, great. The, the show was good. It was very, uh, well, it was just a really deep character study. Sure. It was good, yeah. Mm-hmm. He wears that, that gimp mask in this movie. Mm-hmm. and the trailer and just throughout the movie he's just creepy as hell yes in both roles frankly sure <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. mentioning the dual roles it was really amazing how they made it feel so so real they really did um again just the acting was really wonderfully done and again it's really nice to see black actors get an opportunity to play roles with that kind of range and in a way that where you can really see it immediately because you're right almost everybody in the movie is playing a dual role and they do it really really well absolutely michael abels mm-hmm. composed the score for this movie like he did for get out mm-hmm. so i read this npr article about him and it's actually really inspiring oh is it so when jordan pill made get out he was seeking african-american composers Okay. And he couldn't find many at all. So hmm. he went to YouTube and he found a live recording of this guy's work and he contacted him and then just here we are. Really? So he he found him on YouTube? Pretty much. What was he doing? Was he composing full pieces on YouTube? I'm just what did he find on YouTube? Yeah. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I can remember the opening and closing song for Get Out. It mm-hmm. was kind of like the it felt like they were like kind of slaves kind of singing this. Yeah, there was, well, it's like a, do you know the story of that particular song? It's like a Swahili no. song, but okay. what they're actually saying is run from the white people. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they're saying. I have to look it up, but they're saying something to the effect of run away. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that song, but I don't really remember anything else 
from that movie, mm-hmm. but I feel like the score for us is more memorable. And that's not just because of the I Got Five on It remix, mm-hmm. but just overall, I thought I really felt the score better in this movie. Mm. I think it made a bigger impact in this movie, but I think it was meant to. It was one of those situations. So in Get Out, the score was there and it was a set piece. But in us, it's the score is a little bit like another character. Mm. It's kind of saying, hey, look over here. Look what's going on here. Hey, check out what just happened. It's very much a, like something you interact with as opposed to something you just notice as a part of the whole scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg apparently called up Jordan Peele and told him that they should pair up like he did with John Williams. Really? Yeah. And so I can definitely see like this. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper. Yeah. This kind of gangstar vibe to it. I, I actually, yeah, I could, yeah, I could see that. I mean, they work really well together. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they do. They definitely work well together. It. I can see that, and they did a really good job overall. Just um. Yeah, they work. They they work well because the score for both Get Out and Us served a really interesting function. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I like how they were able to integrate for lack of a better word, black music and elevate it and also show that it doesn't necessarily need to be elevated to be a very effective part of the film score, which I quite liked. Yes. So honestly, Mm -hmm. that's it, folks. That's the general review right there. Yeah. Um, We liked it. Go see it. Yeah. It's it's different than Get Out. I think you may walk out scratching your head about the ending, Mm -hmm. but honestly, I think upon discussing it with people and Mm -hmm. watching it again, listening to our spoiler review, mm-hmm. um, I think you'll come to like this movie even more. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's an amazing achievement for a director like Jordan Peele, writing original work. It's a lot more of a straight horror movie than Get Out was. And I, to be honest, going into the film, I wasn't expecting that at all. But it's also not like any horror movie I've ever seen. Right. Like it is a straight horror film, but it's none of those typical horror plots. Yeah. It's not a slasher film or a ghost fo- or a ghost story. Like you said, it, yeah. It's uniquely him, and I think that's just similar to the greats that he's being compared to. Definitely, yeah. And I I kind of love that he's being compared to all these greats, but at the same time, he's very uniquely himself. He's yes. not the next Hitchcock or the next Spielberg. He is Kubrick the first or... Jordan Peele, yes. and that is an amazing thing. Yes. Hell, I mean, I feel like Lupita's the first lupita she is and i love her for it I, man seriously I cannot, i'm so excited yes yeah for the next couple of things she does because this is such a star turn for her i'm almost gonna tear up just how much i loved her performance mm-hmm. uh uh mm-hmm. see this movie yeah it's been a minute since we've had well when have we ever had a dark-skinned ordinary black girl female lead kill it on a in a mainstream big budget blockbuster movie is she ordinary in that movie? well okay I, when i say gorgeous. well she is gorgeous but i say ordinary in the sense that she's not biracial she's not light-skinned she didn't start out as a video ho not that there's anything wrong with that but i'm just saying she's she's just you, she's a black woman like she's she's like this interesting combination of exceptional and the girl next door like sure, we all know a lupita sure okay. um but she just happens to be a very exceptional person herself and just seeing her as the star of a big blockbuster film as a dark-skinned black woman that we all that of the type that we all know and love but does not get any mainstream media shine ever is amazing 
Yeah. I just I loved it. I really did. I yeah. was just happy to see her there. And the fact that she kills it with the acting yeah. just is the cherry on top. Yes. She could have been horrible and I'd have loved her. <laughs> All right. You have our recommendations. Go see it. Right. Yes. Go see it twice, really. Yeah, yeah you really do. Because honestly, I, so I saw it yesterday. And I, when I went in to see it, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And as I was watching it, I was like, eh, meh. But then ever since I left the theater, I've been thinking about it. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. And the more that I like it, the more I want to see it again. So yeah, see it twice. I'm definitely going to. For me, yeah, I, I walked out. It was like... I was really enjoying the ride and we finished about maybe 98% of the movie and then Mm -hmm. something happened and I kind of went, huh? (laughs) And the more that I thought about it and I talked with my, the friend I went with Mm -hmm. and just reading about it and just thinking about it. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it more and more and more. You Mm -hmm. said, what do you say about this compared to, to, to glass? Oh yeah. So like I, I kind of drew a comparison with this movie in Glass because Glass I saw and while I was watching it, I liked it. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized I didn't like it at all. It kind of sucked. With Us, while I was watching it, I wasn't sure if I liked it. But then the more I think about it, the more I think, wow, that was actually really good. I've got to see it again because I really liked it. There's so many layers and there's a lot to unpack there. And I think because... Many of us might go and see this expecting it to be like Get Out, and it's very, very different and a lot more ambiguous and in a lot of ways more cerebral, but also a lot more lowbrow as well. Um, it's It'll be hard to get a handle on what it is at first, but once you do, there's so much there. Like, I really do, I keep saying, I'm going to see it twice, and I think you should, and I mean that because there's so much in it. Absolutely. Okay. Before we get into spoilers... I told Mel I wanted to have some fun and I wanted to brainstorm with her mm-hmm. what would be some great hood anthems for Michael Abels to to remix into an orchestral piece. By the way, I didn't tell you this when you asked me, but I kind of had like a little traumatic flashback because last night after seeing the movie, I went home and looked up the soundtrack and it played the first song on the soundtrack is that wonderful orchestral version of of I Got Five on it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that scary in the movie and it wasn't that scary in general, but playing it in my house alone that is terrifying, man. Word. Yes. Like, <laughs> I just put it on, and then all of a sudden I was turning on all the lights and, like, thinking which neighbor can I call to come over because I wasn't going to sit there alone in the house with that playing. Oh, my gosh. It's that, that violin. Yeah, it's the violin, and it's this change in the tempo. And when you slow that song down, it turns into a Smasher song. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, I, was, I didn't realize just how scary it is. I actually have uh, one song in particular I think that would be... Mm-hmm really crazy if it was slowed down so okay. i'm gonna start and it's gonna be my nigga <laughs> by yg <laughs> really <laughs> funny story about this i don't want to go on this too long but i was in a club in korea here uh actually a few blocks down the street from this this studio mm-hmm. and uh it was 2014 and that's when that song came out i believe and uh everyone was you know in the dance circles and i noticed it was a bunch of white people and Koreans for who were like, I guess, friends with them, Korean American or whatever. But <sighs> I know where this is going. Oh, okay, everyone knows where this mm-hmm. is going. Yeah, they literally just started singing the words with no abandon, no kind of censorship who, at all. They did not give a fuck. 
and I, I just had to leave. I, I, I couldn't yeah, do it. I, I mean, couldn't do it. It's kind of one of those things. What do you do? I mean, you can confront them, but then they'll just, I don't know. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. That sucks. So number one, yeah, my nigga, I think slow down. Mm-hmm. It could have the same kind of slasher effect, yeah. that instrumental as. Yeah. It's got that. Yeah, I could see that, I guess. That sort of that, that beat slowed down would be a little creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I was just trying to think of hood anthems that you could switch up to make scary in some kind of way. And I totally think we could have a stripper slasher film featuring back that ass up. Cardi B. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. Like, okay. I don't know. Killer strippers from space. B no, movie. I'm calling it. Cause that, that mm-hmm. opening. Gloom, gloom, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That would be, cause it's already a very orchestral piece. I mean, sure. that whole big vibe. Actually, when I was thinking about this, that also stood out to me. A lot of what we think of as hood anthems are actually really, really musically complex and have a lot of orchestral potential. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Back That Ass Up definitely does. And that brings me to another one. New York State of Mind by Nas. That <laughs> dark piano. Mm, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's super grimy. Right, true. I'm from the West. Is that really a hood anthem? Okay. Is New York City my hood anthem? Because, I mean, I wouldn't okay. categorize it. It wouldn't. That okay, that's true. I would say maybe. Okay. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a hood anthem in that sense, the way that my nigga would be. Mm-hmm. Or I had another pick in here, which would be Nuck If You Buck. They'd be these are these are on different different levels, uh-huh. but I think North State of Mind, which has an orchestra, it has been orchestrated and like mm-hmm. not performed within with the piece, but slowed down. I think that griminess could mm-hmm. really shine in okay. a horror film. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, for my next pick, <clears throat> let's see if I can do this properly on the mic. Oh. Dun 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 dun. Get low. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Get low would be a very scary orchestral yeah. hood anthem. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take these notes, guys. Exactly. Have it for free. Michael at, Abel, if you're listening. At least give like a blurred up uh, Exactly. Where have a have a have a person wear a blurred up mm-hmm. t shirt. When you scare the daylights out of all of us with get low, it was my idea. That's all okay. I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> California love. You're right, you're right. I, I don't know. I kind of see that as being, I think they missed a golden opportunity in Mad Max, even though that was like the whitest movie on the world. And that's a good thing. It was like positively, extremely white. Um, but I kind of, I think they missed a golden opportunity to have that be actually in a Mad Max movie. That would be really I see cool. that as more of like a steampunk kind of sci-fi futuristic like i could totally see like a really good sci-fi they chase set dune, to california in, in that, a new dune movie that would be amazing the new dune movie though i can't remember who the um who the who the composer is for it but yeah it would be is it not zimmer it is zimmer it's yes. probably zimmer. it is zimmer. it's always yeah, zimmer. it's yeah that's true it is always when is it zimmer. not zimmer true except for when it is able apparently sure but um yeah yeah, it would just be great to see that in a sci-fi film. So I could see it as a slasher anthem, but I'm holding out that one day someone will use it in black sci-fi. Okay, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. My mind playing tricks on me. Get up, boys. 
To be honest, that song is already scary without it being slowed down. Like the lyrics and just the content, like when you listen, it's kind of a psychological horror piece, isn't it? It, it is, mm-hmm. but the way the beat goes, it's mm-hmm. a little more up-tempo, and mm-hmm. that's counter to the lyrics. But True. if you actually slow that down mm-hmm. or have some um, like minor keys to it mm-hmm. and make it, I think it could become really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could. I don't know. I, I think what we're learning here is that almost any hood anthem can be a horror song if you slow it down. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anything about you know, slow bass beats. Yeah. Well, mm, I was going to say bad and bougie. I could say a part of that song, but if you let the whole thing ride out the way that it's mm-hmm. even slow, it would be more of a chilled out like. It could become like a like a trip like a '90s trip hop song yeah, as opposed would, to like yeah. a slasher yeah. horror vibe. I could see that in like a heist movie, right? Like mm. when the gangster and his mall, or the gangster and her mall, are you know like driving off into the sunset. I could hear that slowed down bad and bougie there. Yeah, so not not everything works, but I could definitely. I would love to see more black composers and definitely. directors do different genres and then play yeah. with that with that idea yeah and you know i give props to jordan peele for being open with his village you know for like really taking the time to seek out new and interesting talent in the community yeah to because this is I, I had no idea he'd found the guy on youtube it's brilliant that he did that yeah yeah and it paid off <laughs> yeah absolutely mm-hmm. okay that's good all right are so, you ready? Yes. It's Spoilers. spoiler time. All right, all right. Ready with proper spoiler compared to uh, Bat- yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, last exactly, time. exactly. Birdman hand rub, man. I'm ready for okay. this. All, all right. right. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched the movie or you just don't care, mm-hmm. turn off now. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Okay, can I start? Please let me start. These were the most useless black folks on the big screen ever. Oh my goodness. Is this why we always die first? Ooh. Like they were so like, I was just shocked. Like on the one hand it was good because it was not a stereotypical portrayal of like black people being tough and larger than life and like super ready for any kind of confrontation. But on the other hand, I've never, horror is not really my genre. I've never been the kind of person to like yell back at the screen, but I was yelling at these people. All the Korean people in this theater were looking at me because I kept saying, get up, do that, do this. I was shocked by how inept they were at dealing with the horror situation. They were not genre savvy at all. The only time I yelled at the theater, Mm -hmm. at the screen was, I was, so you know, I'm, I'm a Krav Maga, Right. Instructor. Mm-hmm. And watching these people carry long range weapons uh, through uh, crowded space, it just takes a lot more energy and space to wind up a golf club oh. or a baseball bat mm-hmm. to attack someone in a house versus just grabbing the, the knife mm-hmm. in the in the drawer. Oh, that's a good point, actually. And you noticed that all of the tethered had scissors and sh- mm-hmm. and close range weapons mm-hmm. and throughout most of this movie mm-hmm. the, re- the the regular people had bats golf clubs and long range weapons and mm-hmm. i don't know if that was a artistic choice by jordan mm-hmm. peele to like have a mirror image of not mirror uh distorted image of what mm-hmm. they would use as weapons but right. i found that frustrating i think it was partially an homage to like previous horror movies because they always have they always go for the bat the golf club like something 
that's spectacular to look at, but maybe not very practical. And also, it was just very clear. This was just a really nice, normal, middle-class family who were not at all prepared for adversity. That's true. So they didn't know what they were doing. But that was so stressful to watch. <laughs> and I think it's, it may also be an artistic choice that the regular people had blunt weapons mm -hmm. as opposed to the sharp ones from the tethered. I mean, Lupita yeah. had that had that poker, though. She did. But it mm -hmm. felt like she used it more. But, I but mean, she used it more. She was like kind of. Yeah. Know. Well, Lupita having the poker and the tethered having sharp weapons. I mean, that might have been on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good fucking point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Point. Yes. Thank Pun you. Intended. Good point. <laughs> that's right. Right. So that might have been on purpose. Actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Can we can we talk about Lupita's voice? as read that yeah. fucked me up when i first heard it it took me a minute to get used to it and then i i so i don't read a lot of spoilers or analytical stuff on the internet but i did read a thing on the internet today where lupita said that she based this voice on robert kennedy and which is strange right yeah uh, but apparently he and his brother both had a habit of taking really unnatural pauses and taking breaths and kind of vocalizing in odd places like those in between the 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 vocalizations you make when you're thinking of what to say next were really distinctive in both of them and apparently that's what she based the voice on i'll have to see it again before i really understand that i think. yeah i hear one of their, their speeches in yeah exactly and but yeah mm -hmm. just just the way that she paused up uh, in mm -hmm. uh as soon as that came out her mouth, yeah, I felt like uh, the the main character get out. Like, yeah, I, like my eyes went wide, yeah, and I gripped the chair, mm -hmm. just like, holy shit, mm -hmm. she can do this, like, yeah, 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 just the range. Yeah, definitely, because again, when she's speaking in her more normal voice, for lack of a better word, uh, she she has such a musicality, like she has yeah. just such a very precise way of working with dialogue. And especially with her monologues that I found really amazing. Again, we as black women, we never get to show this kind of range or play this kind of character. So the fact that she did it and did it really well in such a virtuoso way is amazing. And then for her to take that wonderful, subtle way of working with dialogue and flip it on its head and be this monster, that was interesting. It took me a minute to get it. I sounded like her there for a second. It took me. Anyway, it took me a minute to get into it, but... I totally love the choice and love how distinctive it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was precise in both roles, right? Very much because so. she stopped and kept, like... Yeah. You could was... really tell the difference between the two characters. There were shots where you maybe saw just the face, but you immediately knew which one of them you were looking at, even though right. it was the same actress. Um, while we're talking about just that entrance of her voice, the entrance mm -hmm. of how that family got into the house... Yeah. was terrifying right and i will say i think the setup of the film was really slow it took a minute like i could see where they were setting up kind of some standard horror trope stuff yeah and part of the reason i think it was slow is because i didn't realize it was a straight horror movie so mm. going into it i was like okay i guess we're just setting up things like a horror movie this is yeah. really just a horror movie so they took their time setting all of that up um but, and to be honest, everybody in the theater was getting really restless because I think pe everybody was expecting another get out. So people were getting restless, like, what's going on here? What are they doing? Why is this kid in the closet? Like that kind of thing. 
And then when that family enters, the whole game changes. And it, from there, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Like once they show up in the driveway, it just really, it, it really is compelling. And it, you don't know what's going on. And even if you're not really sure you love what's going on, it keeps you interested in it. I think people have short-term memories because Get Out took some time to set up. I think the difference is it was the character the character moments because mm-hmm. you had uh, Rose Rose's dad mm-hmm. talking about, I would have voted for Obama twice if I could have, you know, these yeah. things. But that was, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the film where they mm-hmm. were setting all this up. So with the this family, mm-hmm. it was a little more mundane, as you said. Yeah. Yes and no. You know, just before the podcast, we were talking about the author Marlon James, who's just released Red Leopard, Black Wolf, which is his fantasy novel. And he's a very intense writer who writes really heavily symbolic, really stream of consciousness kind of things. And uh, but previous to now, previous to this book, he's written things that are grounded in his historical reality. The, the assassination attempt on Bob Marley, for example. So you can follow it because there's a real frame of reference for it. Um, but this new novel is really hard to follow because it's pure fantasy. It really takes you in places that nobody's ever really gone before. So it's harder to follow. I think Get, uh, Get Out versus Us is a little bit the same. Get Out was exploring a racial reality uh, or, or the, a reality of racism. I don't know how to really phrase that well, but I think you know what I mean. Um, was exploring something that is uh, painful and very apparent to us all. But Us is a bit more abstract, at least on its face. I mean, there's some things in it as far as themes and some symbols that uh, are not as abstract. But I think Us is just more abstract. It take, The setup is longer and it's not as... But because it goes in such a strange direction with this whole idea of the tethered and all of that, um, it's not as grounded. So it, it's I hard think, to grab yeah, onto. It's hard to grab onto it immediately. Exactly. You don't re- also because I think they did a good job. I only saw one trailer, but just from that, I think they did a good job because you don't really know what you're getting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you do you want to go into the references or the themes first? Uh, I think the themes would be more meaty. Yeah, themes and then references. Yeah. Okay. Because references will be quick, I think, or we can make it quick if we need to. So obviously, the most important one, just mm-hmm. just uh, listen to black women. Oh uh, yeah, that's a very important theme in this. Yeah, exactly. And there's a part where she actually kind of snaps on. I, I'm just, I, you guys, I I Take can't help but but I have to repeat this point. Winston Duke, Mbaku was so not Mbaku in this movie. He was so like unintimidating and hapless, and he was just like this really corny dude. And I love that he played it that way because it really went against, it really subverted expectations. I like that, but. I mean, I was just, Winston Duke and all of his glorious thigh meets were absolutely wasted on this movie. But at the same time, he played the role really well. Well, we got to talk about that. He played dual roles. That's true. And so his dual role was extremely terrifying. This is very true. Yes, he was very scary. He was, you know, did you ever read uh, any of the the book? Well, I remember I said, never mind. If you ask me Mm -hmm. a question, if I read something, the answer is probably going to be no. Okay, sorry. Well, if anybody out there has ever read the book, The People Could Fly, did you ever, if you remember that story from the book, The People Could Fly, Wiley and the Hairy Man, Winston Duke looked like the hairy man from that story in this movie. Oh my gosh, he was was terrifying. Yes, he was very scary. And again, that's the impressive range of this character because he can be this helpless, 
six foot five, 250 exactly. pound man. Exactly, like this total dork. <laughs> and then become this monster. Yeah, he did a really good job. Just the way that, and then he got, he got Umbaku, Umbaku himself, right? He was talking, oh, yeah. he was talking on the couch or on the floor, and then oh. he just went, <laughs> and just shut him that. down. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. You're right, yeah. So I wonder if he had the script for Black Panther while he did this movie and then mm. maybe he put it into the film as a joke to himself yeah or mm-hmm. if it's totally unrelated but yeah i totally felt that reference from yeah maybe yeah okay. Mm-hmm. okay i didn't think about that you're right but yeah it was just interesting to see how much he subverted expectations though yeah but that said there's a point where lupita's character adelaide uh lupita's normal human character not her tethered character adelaide uh kind of snaps on him and says look you don't get to make the decisions anymore because he's been doing a terrible job this yeah. whole time which again like you said listen to black women she is ultimately the person who saves the day although there's a lot to be said about that too <laughs> well then and also too, look at Ellie's mother right mm. uh she told Ellie's father who is black manta from mm-hmm. aquaman oh that's right yeah you know and actually adelaide's mother is uh what's her name starfire from titans oh yeah that's her yeah exactly wow. so they brought like all of the nerdy goodness all to one place they brought it all home for this movie we have starfire we have black manta we have mbaku right we have uh what's nakia true uh, yeah yeah we have all of the nerdy goodness in one That's place wild. we even have the handmaid from the handmaid's tale yes and uh tim from tim and eric's oh gosh that was show, him wasn't yeah. it oh yeah wow yeah okay tim tim heidecker, heidecker I yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, i had no idea yeah you're right yeah um so again there's if black manta mm-hmm. had listened to the wife instead of kind of dismissing it as i feel like and i could be reaching in this but mm-hmm. it felt like the father was just dismissing the black woman's uh, criticisms and maybe even going to that stereotype of she's just angry bec- for, for no reason mm. when it's actually is a reason why they're angry. I think that's a common uh, a problem in society, right? Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, she was speaking sense. Yeah. And maybe she wasn't saying it in a way that was immediately palatable to, to him, but she was right. Right. If it was kind of weird because there was that bit where she goes off to go to the bathroom or whatever and leaves little Adelaide with her father. And she's like, can you watch your daughter for a second? And he totally dismisses her. And then you see what happens. Like, yeah. come on. It was interesting. Yeah. It actually reminded me of, I know my dad kind of listened to this show, but uh, when I was five years old, uh-huh. I was waiting for him to pick me up uh, at school and he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the reason why, but I tried to walk home by mm-hmm. myself at the age of five. Oh my gosh. And it was... Wait, where are you from? St. Louis. St. Louis. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, luckily it wasn't a night, but yeah. it was easily over a mile or two. At five? Oh, wow. I mean, I knew the route home. Okay. So I was fine, but after I got to a certain point, I was just tired and hungry. I was five. Yeah. And luckily a cop literally drove right by uh-huh. and I needed him at that time, uh-huh. which we'll get into some other cop things later. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he... A cop was actually useful. It was, mm-hmm. it was a black cop. He helped me out. But mm-hmm. that that experience could have gone a whole nother way. It's kind of what I thought about when I when I saw that scene in the movie. Is this your way of confessing to the blurred up audience that you're actually a tethered? Should I be getting out right now? What's going on here, man? Can I like give you that little smile and we can just move on? Uh, yes, yes. Let's move on. Okay, y'all. It's creeping me out, man. I don't want, you, I don't want anything to happen to you. Anyway, I, I so I feel like I got five on it just playing in the background somewhere. Dun, dun. <laughs> But yeah, um, black women. Uh, there mm-hmm. was that painting or drawing of Lupita 
as a superhero and with, with her daughter. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's because Lupita and or Adelaide and mm-hmm. Sora were the strongest characters in this movie. They really were, yeah. They By got, far, they got stuff done. Yeah, yeah. They, they were they were talking about their their kill counts. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, they all were talking about their kill counts, but they were really kind of like they were winning at one point. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and at the end, they all had the same kill count. Actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then I think even having the black women as the leaders from what I can get out of it is even among the extremely marginalized, like mm-hmm. they literally had uh, these people in the sewers. Yeah. And it's they the, still had it's a the black, black woman, woman who was leading them. The yeah. Leading the charge. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was just, this is really, it's sort of strange to say because this is, you know, a genre horror film, but it's nice to see black women in the spotlight in a place where we really haven't been placed before. I mean, name a black woman in a horror film. Yeah, so this is kind of cool to see. And I like that part of the message or part of the theme of the film was listen to black women. Yeah. The only black woman I can think of in a horror film that I liked prior to this was uh, Naomi, what's her name? Naomi Harris, I think. Oh, for 28 Days Later. Yeah, 28 Days Later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was amazing. And I remember, okay, I went to see that movie with my grandmother. And my grandmother turned to me after like her second scene in the film and was like, they had to get a black woman to play this part because you couldn't have had a white woman be this person. And I just thought, that, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved her. I mean, she, she was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she was amazing. And Lupita definitely follows in her footsteps and absolutely yeah, takes that one step further it's great as far as other themes though i wonder if you're thinking what i'm thinking pinky i had a couple mm-hmm. and i guess going back to the leading the charge i thought it was cool how even though lupita or adelaide or red whatever her name is the black woman led it wasn't like it was an exclusionary group mm. because the, the tether were composed of people of all True. Uh, colors. True. The the whole issue was, of course, class, I would think. Not of course, but it's about class. The marginalized people use things above. The rich use things, and, and the people below get the scraps right, or get the worst so. of it. And I think that's important. Uh, I think Get Out talked about liberal racism. Right. And I think this movie, in this sense, talked about class yeah. the issue of class and right. how important that is mm-hmm. and the usage of marginalized people and the way that we ignore marginalized people in our yeah. regular lives and how we tend to view revel- so hands across america are you familiar with that because it was a real thing yeah of course yeah okay so hands across america was a real thing that was meant to like help homeless children and hungry children and so on and so forth um but it was sort of this very corny kind of panacea sort of thing meant uh, that was meant for great good, but what happened to it, right? Um, I thought it was interesting that that was what they used to kind of begin to make this point about the way that we, we don't even treat marginalized people badly, do we? We just ignore them, and that's the issue. Or we don't even know that they exist, really, um, not in any sort of real sense. We all have this idea that it's better to help those people who are beneath us, but we don't necessarily see them as people. And there's a really good part at the end in that final monologue, which honestly is actually one of my only beefs with the movie, that whole monologuing bit at the end. But in that final monologue that Red, who is Adelaide's tethered counterpart, has, where she talks about the fact that they are people. They are people and they are, you know, they they bleed and eat and sleep and love just like other people do, but they're forced to live by the whims of this sort of overclass. This is actually why I want to see it again. I think that 
it took me until the very last shot to get what he was doing with that. And when I did, I was like, oh, okay, I got to see this again and really pick up on these references. But I think that when all is said and done, in a way, this movie was both more abstract and much deeper than Get Out because there's a lot more room to play oh, with yeah. this metaphor. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to try to say that Get Out is better, but I think Get Out is is easier to understand. Right. Get Out is much more palatable. Yes. Um, but again, Accessible. I think, like I said before, it's just that it's something that is really real and really apparent and really, uh, really relevant and really immediately painful. Whereas if you yourself are not a person who is extremely marginalized, if you've never been homeless, for example, this is not something you've ever thought about, the idea of being invisible, right? Yeah. If you've never been a refugee, you're not going to think about the idea of being invisible. Even if you uh, know people who have been homeless or are homeless or are refugees or have been refugees, you still might not get it, really. Yeah. There's, a, there's something about the depersonalization of the other in American culture and in world global cultures worldwide, really. That is just very, um, it's just very deep, but it's not something that we really deal with immediately, is it? No, not at all. Yeah. And we may feel good about helping an individual, but mm-hmm. on a systemic yeah, level. Right. And I mean, group. yeah, exactly. So we, I think it's weird because we feel good about either helping an individual or we feel good about donating to somebody else who promises to help the group, mm. hence Hands Across America. So we feel good about giving our donation to the Red Cross or some other group or sponsoring something. Or we feel good about sponsoring a kid through Feed the Children or World Vision or whatever it is. But if I say to you or anybody who really is proud of helping people who are marginalized, make friends with somebody who's marginalized. Go make friends with a homeless guy. You're going to freak out. Now, I understand because that could potentially be dangerous or etc. There's lots of reasons why we don't do that and they're not all... Sorry, there's not there's lots of reasons why we don't do that, and they're not all immediately marginalizing. Uh, but there's just this idea that we don't necessarily see marginalized people as people, and I think that that was really well done in this film, as as well as the the danger that we perceive from allowing marginalized people into more mainstream spaces. Yeah, exactly. Go make friends with them, or would you get out of bed, get in the car, and go vote to? have laws to help these people to right to give more of yourself or your mm-hmm. time or your taxes or mm-hmm. land mm-hmm. etc to these people or even would you be willing to do something in support of these people even if it didn't take anything out of your pocket i think there's or very lifestyle much, yeah or lifestyle now i think there's very much perception both from marginalized people and people who are not marginalized that one group is somehow going to take away from the other right and that was also very much just dis- discussed metaphorically discussed within the film the idea that you know people who are marginalized people who are not marginalized who are more mainstream see each other as a threat to some extent right so i think there's just this idea that people who are in the mainstream see people think that helping people who are marginalized is somehow taking something out of their pocket even if it's not or even if the amount it's taking is not isn't is negligible yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i wouldn't just say pocket but just your life yeah you have poor whites who are angry at poor brown people Mm -hmm. they think they're just taking over the country culturally Mm -hmm. or just sheer demographics Mm -hmm. and this movie showed that it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. what shade you are Mm -hmm. if you are and again i bring this back to a class level i'm i went to a podcast about this before Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. maybe this will will turn into it later on Mm -hmm. but the identity of 
identity politics should include class. And we saw the people above ground who were so busy dividing themselves up into gender or or race, etc., mm-hmm. or religion, etc. Mm-hmm. The tethered were all unified, regardless of who they were. True, they definitely were. Um, did you catch there was a really interesting sort of subtle but not so subtle at the same time uh, issue between the two main families? So, of course, we have Lupita and Winston's family, mm-hmm. um, nice black middle class family who seem to have a really warm and gentle vibe with each other. But then their friends are this, uh, this, this white family who seem to be a little bit better off. Um, they've got two twin teenage daughters, but they just don't seem as close. They're a lot more adversarial with each other. Yeah. And did you catch where they're kind of, there's sort of this underlying theme where Winston Duke's character, I can't remember his name in the film, actually. Gabe. Gabe, yeah. Where Gabe is a little bit jealous mm, of, yeah. uh, is Tex the Tethered or the, Tex is the Tethered. I can't remember the the white father's name. Just, I don't want to call, call him. him. Tim. Yeah, I don't want to call him the white father. Call okay, him, call him, Tim. Call him yeah, Tim. exactly. So okay, where Gabe is a bit jealous of Tim, if that's his name. It's not his, his name. Yeah, but it's not it's, his name. It's his but name you, the, you know who we mean, know. right? Uh, so where Gabe is a bit jealous of Tim, uh, because he's he's got a nicer boat and he's staying in a nicer and car, house right? and a nicer car. All they have nicer stuff. Right. But did you catch that when they're just before they all get murdered, uh, he says we got to be out here right at ten, if they own that house. They wouldn't have to be out right at 10. Mm. So there's this whole keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing going on that there's really kind of a subtle call to. You notice mm-hmm. when you first see him, mm-hmm. he's wearing a shirt that says fragile on it. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to I'll look for that when I see it again. Yeah. There's a number of uh, uses with the the wardrobe this time. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to go into a couple of that. Sure. But yeah, the first one was, yeah, him wearing fragile, white, mm. fragility. I didn't even think about that. Although, to be honest, they did a pretty good job of, they, they sort of stayed away from the whole racial thing, except for in really subtle ways in this. They yeah. kind of made it more, much more about class and, of course, slasher horror, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to talk about the white family really quick, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead and talk about the white family first, then we'll get into. So, yeah. Uh, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Moss. Yes. She, uh, as you said, she was from The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. I thought she was really good. Her role as that tethered version was actually more interesting than but yeah, her much much more interesting. And she was she was very scary. Ooh, yeah, it was and, great. And, and she mm. caught that golf club. Yes, Ooh. yes, definitely. And when she had that, when she was watching her her tethered husband get murdered, and she kind of had that like laugh till you cry till you, whatever that was. Oh, that was yeah. creepy. Ooh, that was good. Um, I wanted to go back again to when Tim, not really Tim, but Tim was wearing that fragile shirt and that mm-hmm. same scene. Didn't the wife talk about uh, Adelaide's flawless skin or nice skin? And then she cut herself at Yeah, that's right. She in did. The, mm-hmm. In the room. Yeah, I mean, instead of cutting her. I think, I wasn't sure what was going on there. Again, I really want to see this again. There's yeah. just so much to take in. Um, I kind of got the impression she was saving her for Red. Because mm. Red is, of course, in charge of this whole movement. That's a good point. And if you notice, um, each tethered only killed the one that they were tethered to. Uh, that's not true isn't it remember the 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 zora tethered killed that white neighbor that's true she was on oh the car. that's very true that is very true yeah okay but other than that i think it was mostly them killing them yeah, themselves exactly yeah. sure it's our time now yeah right definitely yeah exactly um yeah but she was very good um she was much more interesting you're right as a tethered uh, but 
I there was just sort of this sort of vapidity to her um, to her role as her as herself as her regular mainstream self. I was cracking up at that first scene with her at the beach with Lupita, and they're kind of doing this thing that people do, but women do in a really specific way, where they're sort of sort of subtly like they're talking, but they're not really talking about anything. They're just sort of trying to establish status. And that was really interesting. It was very funny to me. I don't think anybody else in the theater really got it. I don't think it was translated particularly well in the subtitles, but it was very that whole keeping up with the Joneses thing was very mm. apparent with both the, with both partners in each couple. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Another theme. Yeah. Uh, just the ineffectiveness of the police. Yes. And the wonderful, the whole thing with their house assistant, it was like Alexa, but they called it Ophelia in the film because I don't think they could get Amazon to sponsor them. Um, where, when, as Elizabeth Moss is dying, she's they're playing the Beach Boys. They ask Ophelia to play the Beach Boys and the Beach Boys is playing while they're all being horribly murdered. And yeah. her final request is, Ophelia, call the police. And they start playing N.W.A., yeah. yeah, that's a brilliant moment. It's yeah. a brilliant moment. But it's also really, it's an interesting sort of setup thematically, or not even thematically, just sensorily, I guess, because the the next the next scene, really, the next part of the film is set to this really loud, cacophonous, angry rap song. But it just, it's a really interesting effect. So yeah. let me, let me go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think it's awesome that Jordan Peele turned this on his head in mm-hmm. the sense of, the black people called the cops and they said they were 14 minutes out Yeah, and they really just never showed up. Exactly. And so the black people had to save themselves. Right. And the white people therefore get to experience what it's like Mm -hmm. to not have the cops show up Mm -hmm. when they need them. Right. And be destroyed. Apparently the, the fuck that the police Mm -hmm. and even before that, the, the beach boy songs is an homage to clockwork orange. There was a a stabbing, an, an, a, a violent scene there that was set to oh. uh, was it singing in the rain I believe. Oh yeah, you know I would never have picked up on that. That makes sense though. Yeah, yeah I would never have guessed. But that does make a lot of sense. That explains why it's so dissonant, but it's still really compelling to watch. Yeah, actually, you've got these two. Cho- this is the this is the spoiler section. Yeah, of obviously, course. I can tell you. You've got these two children, like prowling through this house looking for tethered to kill and trying to save their mom tethered white folks to kill yeah exactly exactly like older tethered white folks it's really an interesting moment in 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 film right now yeah i you know the other thing about this film is that i really have to give it up to jordan peele and to a lot of filmmakers now um i can think of of several films that have been released recently that do this but we're just really normalizing blackness yeah where you can have two black children prowling through a house searching for two evil monsters who happen to look like white people to kill but it's not really a racial statement right it's a class statement yeah and i, I don't know that's a really interesting situation there. i don't know i don't this is just a really interesting time in a film i'm so glad that we've made it here it's just so i know that sounds really strange no, you but did. yeah mm-hmm. i want to get into some of the references that i noticed Mm -hmm. and some that i also read about Mm -hmm. so you talked about nobaku getting baku that's a black panther yeah definitely something that i really loved and i wonder if jordan peele has heard this yet or Mm -hmm. someone catch this i want to go on twitter and ask me if this is is correct Mm -hmm. but there was a ref there were two references to aliens yeah so 
I know the theme is listen to black women, mm-hmm. but the theme, the whole theme of Alien 1 and 2 was listen to the woman, yeah, period. totally. Because nobody does and everybody dies for like six movies. Exactly. And the my, my favorite homage was Aliens. So Adelaide, or really fake whatever, Adelaide descends the escalator with the poker to go save her son. Right. And... I think it's an homage to aliens when Newt was kidnapped by the yeah. aliens and brought down to the alien yeah, queen. Yeah. And my favorite scene from aliens was when Ripley was in the elevator and she was putting tape around her, her, uh, her flare and fl- uh, her, her flame thrower mm-hmm. to her, um, her, her pulse rifle. Mm-hmm. And she was mentally preparing herself. Like she closed her eyes and then opened them. Mm-hmm. She was ready for this final battle with the alien queen. Yeah. And as Lupita descended, you could see it, it showed it showed her body like holding the mm-hmm. the poker, but then it also yeah. got into her face. It showed her face, showing her mentally preparing herself for what she was about to get into. Yeah, definitely. And there's definitely a similarity in terms of the framing and the harshness of the lighting. Yeah, I could see that kind of homage. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to I want to tweet him. Yeah, am I you right? Should. You should maybe maybe, yeah. Um, there's a refer- references to Nightmare on Elm Street. If you at the very beginning of the movie, there's there's some VHS tapes that mm-hmm. are by the TV that shows yeah. like next to the hands, uh, yeah. hands across America, mm-hmm. and one of them was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, the other one was Chud, which I think is a much better reference. Also, the Goonies is up there yes, too. Yes, yeah, yes, which yes, is yes. great. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the glove. Everyone, mm-hmm. uh, the tethered would have one glove. Well, did you think that was a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street, or was it a reference to Thriller? Because okay, spoiler alert, we already are here. Yeah, but. Obviously, Adelaide is not really Adelaide. She's been the tethered version of herself all the time. They were switched when they were kids, and that's that's the difficulty. Um, or that's the main the main twist of the horror of the horror in this film. But when she's kidnapped, she's wearing a thriller shirt, and so the last thing she's been she was watching was Hands Across America. She asked for the thriller shirt, which is clearly Michael Jackson. Um, so and, when I saw, and it gave her nightmares. Yeah, it gave her nightmares. Yeah. So when I saw all of the tethered wearing red jumpsuits and one glove, I thought Thriller, not Nightmare on Elm Street. No, no, I think I, I think Jackson, I think yeah. both play into each other. Okay. Because uh-huh. obviously, my uh, Freddy Krueger had the one glove yeah. and a sharp object yeah, yeah. attached to it. Yeah. And also, if you at the very end when she's going down the escalator before mm-hmm. she gets there, she goes through a boiler room, which Freddy Krueger took his victims true, to. True, true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I think there's definitely some cross. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, cross pollination there. Yeah, there's definitely. There's a really good visual sense to this film. There's a lot going on. Absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely. Rabbits will never be the same again. <laughs> um, the Lost Boys. Yeah, being filmed at the boardwalk. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for those who don't know, the Lost Boys was filmed in 1986 mm-hmm. when uh, Adelaide got taken or switched, mm-hmm. and uh, Starfire asked Black Manta. <laughs> Uh, maybe he should go see if they need any extras for this movie. They're filming right, down at, yeah. at, the, at the Santa Cruz Beach. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Did you know that Jordan Peele voiced one of the rabbits in this movie? I did not know he voiced one of the rabbits. I thought that was him as the uh, the the host for the the, the fun house that, that Adelaide goes in. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Because there's a voice and I, it sounds somewhat like him. I don't know if it is or not. Well, Jordan Peele also voiced the dying deer in Get Out. So it feels like this is a... a Mm-hmm. I think that he's going to be doing voicing a dying animal. In just, just yeah. He and the rabbit died in this one too. He yeah, voiced the dying. Yeah, exactly. Voicing That's going to be his thing now. That that yeah, 
Okay. I mean, hey, a trademark's a trademark, yeah, hey, I guess. Hey, yeah. Do you? Um, yeah. So yeah, there were a lot of interesting references in this. The um, the uh the rabbits. Mm-hmm. So Zor wore a rabbit shirt at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they changed clothes mm-hmm. uh when the family attacked mm-hmm. and she had the word tho on it. Tho. Tho, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And actually, I saw this movie with a Vietnamese woman, a friend mm-hmm. of mine, and she was mm-hmm. like, that means rabbit. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Yeah. Apparently, Jordan Peele has a weird thing with rabbits. He uh, he thinks they're cute, but also they have these kind of eyes. He said that behind them, you, you can you can sense uh, an evil. So he has this, he has a he has just a weird personal thing with rabbits. Right. There wasn't anything really right crazy because uh, i actually tried to google like are rabbits the first mm-hmm. animal to be cloned it was, it was a sheep so yeah, it was a sheep is there something, is there something there's well no there is a rabbit reference in horror i can't remember the name of the movie night of the lepidopterus i think with the giant rabbits it's like them only with rabbits mm. i it's all black and white movie i saw it when i was like seven and it scared the living daylights out of me and then i watched it rewatched it again recently and wondered why i was so scared because it's ridiculous is it night of the lepidopterus night of the lepidopterus something i don't remember the whole name you it's sure like it the scientific name for rabbits you sure it isn't uh mm-hmm. monty python with that crazy rabbit it in the definitely cave? is not no this is an you old sure? black and white movie with giant rabbits but like there's a there's a really there's a scene i always remember where a guy's hiding in a tunnel and all he can see at the end of the tunnel is these giant rabbit teeth oh night of the where did i get lepidopterus from what even is that night of the lepis that's what it is what what is a lepidopterus somebody tell me in the comments i've probably said something really foul accidentally anyway night of the lepis this is the this is the movie with giant rabbits so that's what i thought of when i saw all the rabbits in the cages and mm. all of the kind of the scary rabbit references so there is totally horror precedent for rabbits i missed one thing uh the was it jeremiah 11 yeah verse 11 mm-hmm. there are a lot of 11s in this movie so yep. um of course the verse mm-hmm. and Jacob was watching the football game not football, yeah. baseball. It was, I think it was football, and he said yeah. they're tied eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Lupita went to go talk to right Jace, uh, Jason, yeah, son, it was, yeah, it was eleven eleven mm-hmm. exactly. And I think that was interesting because Lupita noticed those things, mm-hmm. or and I think watching it again, I'll see better the the foreshadowing that she's not who she mm-hmm. we, we think she is. And apparently, when you zoom out of the from from the rabbits mm-hmm. in the very beginning, it's an eleven by eleven. I uh, was not counting. No, no one yeah. was. But that's but that's in the movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. I think there's there's one or two other ones too, but I I can't think of them off the top of my See, head. See, this level of detail and commitment to visual concept is really what's making Jordan Peele a great director. Like, I can rewatch this movie and go back and look for just the references I, i'm really excited to see it again because and, of that and just talk to people like i saw this mm-hmm. oh you saw that oh mm-hmm. i didn't see that i saw this and mm-hmm. like like the aliens thing i saw it immediately but telling other people like oh wow that's true yeah, definitely that's a good point yeah huh. i just there's so there's so many levels of detail and visual storytelling here i can see why there's all these articles calling him the next hitchcock but he really is just the first of himself the first first yeah. appeal mm-hmm yeah, because he's really doing something interesting. And the cultural references that he pulls on are so culturally appropriate. I mean, of course, they have mainstream appeal, but they're also there are definitely a lot of nods to black culture that I really appreciate. There's parts of the film that I thought, for example, when Gabe M'Baku, Winston Duke, goes out to threaten the, the scary family standing on their front lawn. Did you hear how he tried to put bass in his voice? Right. And he was, I mean, he's totally, like he's playing up on that whole stereotype. All black men are tough and loud and intimidating when they want to be. He's really bad at it, yeah. right? But you can tell he's doing the thing that I think 
almost all black people who uh, have done at some point where you know that certain people are going to think you're intimidating just because you're black. So right. you play that up just because it makes you safer in that moment. Right. So he's totally doing that. And I think that's a wonderful reference that I think you get if you are in the culture. Mm. And it's really funny to us, but it's also funny if you are or if you're not a black person. It's, yeah. it's just good, good, good movie making. There were mm -hmm. folks who were mm -hmm. laughing in theater, chuckling in theater. Of course, exactly. I mean, you don't have to be black to get it, but it's got an extra level of meaning in the culture. Just like Get Out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Man, I... I'm so excited to watch this movie again, and yeah. I'm more excited to see what Jordan Peele does next. And he doesn't have to do this every two years. Yeah, take your time, man. Yeah, like, just make good stuff. Just yeah. make good stuff. Because he really does have the capability. I feel like this review is almost a little meandering because even as I'm talking about it, I'm just, it just feels like I'm turning it over. You know, I, I really like watching a lot of movies, like good movies. I kind of think of them as being yummy. Yeah. Right, like delicious. This movie was not necessarily delicious, but it was very nourishing. Right. Like it mm. really was filling. Like, I don't really feel like I got to eat again for another for a good minute because I'm still digesting what was going on with. Yes. This. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really tried to let this movie just wash over me. I mean, mm -hmm. in the very beginning, I was trying to look for clues or anything like mm -hmm. that. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. But over time, especially as you said, it was hard to really grasp what was going on. I, I just turned my brain off at that point and just mm -hmm. let things wash over me. I made mm -hmm. notes for this review, of course, mm -hmm. but I wasn't trying to pick anything apart. Mm -hmm. And as you said, once I started thinking about it after I walked out the mm -hmm. more and more I loved it. Right. Really quickly. Yeah. Should we talk about the twist? Cause I think that's quite important. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. So Lupita Nyong'o Adelaide is not really herself, her tethered red. So in the very beginning of the movie, you see her go and uh, she goes into the fun house because black Manta's is a terrible father mm. and she sees a girl who looks just like her. And you think that that is the source of her trauma and her, sent her her sense of wandering identity when she goes back to visit the beach house you find out at the end through all of this monologuing which is a cheesy device but lupita's a good enough actress to pull this off for the most part uh you find out that back when they were girls they switched so the tethered the clone the evil clone the evil government engineered clone which they didn't explain but whatever it's a movie um was raised as the real person and it's the real Adelaide who became this this revolutionary red who leads all the other tethered up, up above to kill people, which is such an interesting twist. Again, it's that whole idea. Do you know what it made me think? So Adelaide, her career before she married and had children, she was a ballet dancer. Um, and of course, the tethered are forced to imitate the actions of other, of their, their counterpart above ground when they're low ground um and it just it really made me think of that whole idea of you know if you the whole thing we're told you know you have to try 10 times as hard to be as good as anybody else or i'm, I'm trying to ruminate this as i say it so it's kind of hard to get the words out because i'm trying to phrase it correctly because it really it really did impress impress me and i think when i see it again it'll make more sense but the idea that okay so clone lupita red is above ground she's being raised as the real lupita and she becomes this fabulous ballet dancer um, but, but real Lupita is underground doing the same dances and getting that on the recognition, right? It's mm. kind of the idea that if you have the resources, if you have the capabilities, if you have the support, yeah, you can become great, but you can have the same talent and be in a marginalized and oppressed space and nobody notices. Ooh. And that really did something to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? like that's it really, that's yeah, a great point. It really did something to me. It really kind of just... 
hit me where it hurt, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was a really interesting bit of commentary that that twist added to the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. How many street hustlers could be amazing mm-hmm. just salesmen? Right. Have or you s- yeah, advertisers. Exactly. exactly. Or, you know, how many... It just reminds me of a job I had when I was in my very early 20s. I worked for a community theater. Mm. And, well, it wasn't a community theater. It was a theater in a community. But uh, there was... So the parking lot was underneath the windows for the offices in the back of the theater. Mm. And we had. it was in a really, quote-unquote, bad neighborhood at the time. And we would hear... People... Our cars were always getting broken into. So it was to the point where you'd hear the alarm go on the car, and then you'd by the time you got downstairs, your stereo would be gone, right? Like whoever was stealing from the cars was that good. But like by the time it took us to, to go down one flight of stairs to get to the parking lot, between hearing the alarm and getting down there, the stereo would be gone. When they picked up the kid who did it, he was 13, 14. And I just remember feeling really some type of way about the way that, that this went, because I'm like, if you're 13 years old, and you can take a stereo out of a car. I just really remember feeling some type of way because I thought to myself at the time, if you're 13 years old and you can steal a stereo out of a car in less than five minutes and disappear without a trace like Batman, um, that's space travel. That's a cure for cancer. But it's going to spend the next 20 years in jail because of the inequities of the system. Yeah. And because... That kid has this wonderful capability, this wonderful skill, this wonderful talent, but he's just not in an environment that nurtures it in a positive way. Yeah. So I don't know. That really, that that aspect of the film really got me. No, it's, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Well. Now that we've depressed us, ourselves and you. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. that is sad, but yeah. I think it's just amazing art by it Jordan It really Peele. is, yeah. It really and is. honestly, the more that I think about it, the more if I'm kind of wondering if I would rate this higher than Get Out. I would say at least it's on par mm-hmm. with Get Out. I think as I digest it more, I'm going to wind up giving it a final rating higher than Get Out. Get Out was really good, don't yeah. get me wrong. But this film just has, because it's so much more abstract and because it's not really a film that you're meant to have like a literal meaning to everything, it really is just um, imagery that's meant to have a deeper meaning ultimately. Uh, it's just... I think it I think that once I see it again, I'm going to like this film a lot more in the long term. I agree. Um, I look forward to the memes. If <laughs> if, if they're gonna be one. Because right, yeah. Get Out brought so many of those. True. Um man, I like I said, I think it definitely will it's at least on par. Mm-hmm. But time will tell if mm-hmm. it'll more than likely mm-hmm. surpass Get Out or not. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that last shot is just such a wham. I mean, I wasn't, I think I was, I wasn't scared until I saw that very last shot of all of the tethered holding hands across America with Le Fleur of all things playing in the background, meaning Ripperton. Um, then all of a sudden, the whole thing made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think seeing it again will really gel all of that. So see it twice. Yeah. I think uh, I talked about class. Mm-hmm. If the 99% mm-hmm. actually work together. Mm-hmm. We could we could accomplish anything. We could address climate change. We yeah. could address criminal justice. Uh, we could address anything. Mm-hmm. Anything you name, yeah. corruption, uh, political corruption. If we literally got together, we could do it. Right. Yeah, and, I agree. But what is it that Ernest Hemingway said? The reason that kind of thing never took off in America is because we're all convinced we're temporarily embarrassed billionaires. Right. 
So, I mean, yeah, it's right. You're, the idea of working to, well, I think we have to be careful taking this metaphor too far because, I mean, let's be real, the tethered are like scary murderers, but, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, you're right. I think the idea of, but then again, I think in a way this film highlights the fear that we have of activism. Mm. We see it as, I think that there's a lot of us who see any sort of challenge to the status quo as being inherently evil in some way. Mm. But again, we can't take this metaphor too far. It is a genre horror film. No, I think with, you like, can. Killers. I think you can. <laughs> yeah. If you're being ignored, mm -hmm. all right, what are you going to do? Just walk up on the sewers and say, hey guys, we're here. Help us mm -hmm. out. What's going to happen? They're going to be demonized. Mm. They're going to be, you know, there's going to be some media spin about how bad they are and they're going to be probably hunted down in the sewers. Very true. Very, very true. What else yeah. what else can you do? There's so many schools of thought on the left about what activism is, right? Black right. Panthers mm -hmm. and uh Antifa, which mm -hmm. all these things I don't really support the new the new Black Panther Party, but the old one, yes, and I mm -hmm. support ideas from Antifa. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eat the rich. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how far mm -hmm. I would personally go, mm -hmm. but if things get that desperate mm -hmm. and looking at the air pollution that we're actually in right now. It's True. like, it was like, what, 150 today? Yeah, ridiculous. How bad does it have to be mm -hmm. for the 99% to rise up and just shut these coal plants down? Right, this is true. This was a great review. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you here, Mel. Likewise, it is always great to be here. Right. Um, this concludes our latest episode of Blurred Up. If you want to find us, we are on Facebook mm -hmm. at... B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We're also on Instagram mm -hmm. at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. Where can they find you? Uh, you know what? I feel like the Blurred Up page needs more comment love. So I'm going to say again, if you want to talk to me, leave a message on the Blurred Up page. We need more comments. We need more interaction. There's 200 of y'all now. So come yeah. on, talk with us. Let us know what you think. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you all for listening. And uh, peace. Peace. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.